Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke, the Deputy Editor on BikeRadar.com and today I'm joined by good friend and good colleague, Tom Marvin, who is our Senior Technical Editor on the mountain bike side of things. How are you today, Tom Marvin? I'm very well, thank you, Jack. Yes, not too bad at all. How are you? I am buzzing, buzzing Uh. to talk to you about a smorgasbord, a buffet of new mountain bikes. We have three new mountain bikes from Santa Cruz to talk about, two new mountain bikes from Pivot, and finally, one new mountain bike from Trek. Mm. Uh, Let's get stuck in straight with the Santa Cruz bikes. Now, we're covering quite a few weeks of news here. Um, I think it would be very helpful, Tom, for our listeners, is if you tell us what the three bikes are and where they sit respectively in the Santa Cruz lineup before we get into the details absolutely well all three bikes are sort of trail and enduro bikes so we're going to ignore things like the blur and the v10 so the blur is their xc race bike the v10 is their downhill bike so all three bikes sit in the middle we're going to start off with the tall boy Mm. uh, which is a a short travel kind of down country kind of trail bike Mm -hmm. then we're going to move on to the jibber's favorite the 5010 which is well a short travel ripper kind of thing nice yeah uh, and then we are going to talk about the third one, which is the new Nomad, which uh, is kind of their park, burly, enduro-y kind of bike. Nice. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, 
Let's get stuck right in. Tell let's, me about the new tall boy. The new tall boy, um, also known as in Juliana speak, the Joplin, um, because obviously uh, they are sibling brands. And so when you get a new Santa Cruz, you also get a new Juliana. So it's still got 120 mil of travel at the back, uh, and it's paired with a 130 mil travel fork. And what kind of signifies it as sort of more of the trail-y kind of bike is that it's running the low-slung VPP suspension linkage. And this is where the shock is set just above the bottom bracket area, as opposed to on the Blur and the Blur TR sort of XC and downcountry bikes, where they're still using VPP with a higher mounted shock. So yeah, 120, 130 mm, um, and they've tweaked it. It's 29 inch wheels, um, mm-hmm. and they've tweaked it so they say it's more efficient, more energetic, and has more of a bias towards speed than the 5010. Uh, this version, they're only offering carbon versions of the bike. Uh, that's either the C or the CC. There is no alloy option, at least at the moment. There was previously, wasn't there? Was there was previously, yeah. Um, uh, and basically, the only difference between the C and the CC, other than the damage to your pocket, uh, <laughs> is that the CC is lighter. So they're both tuned to feel the same, um, but the CC uses a high modulus carbon that, for the same stiffness, is a little bit lighter. No claimed weight difference between the two of those, unfortunately, in the story. We did ask Santa Cruz, but we didn't get a reply on that particular mm. one. Um, yeah, so the, the, the main sort of changes that they've made... Uh, to it for this generation in terms of suspension. And this sort of feels like it's continued across uh, these three bikes, actually. Um, They've reduced the peak anti-squat. So the anti-squat is obviously the uh, impact that pedaling has on suspension, or vice versa, the impact the suspension has on the crank. So if you reduce the peak anti-squat, it means that when you hit those bumps in the square edges, there should be a little bit less feedback through to your pedals. Uh, it also means, in theory, that they're a little bit less efficient when you are pedaling, but I think they're still above 100% around sag, so should still pedal all right. Uh, they've also fettled the anti-rise. Anti-rise is the stiffening of the rear suspension under braking forces. So if you reduce the anti-rise, the brakes have a smaller effect on how supple the suspension is, and therefore you get better braking. Um, and Santa Cruz say they've tuned it for a responsive, snappy feel. Ooh. Yeah. It sounds quite good. It does sound like a cool bike. It sounds like the sort of mountain bike I would enjoy riding. I, I The previous generation tall boy, uh, which I think was, I think we got hold of it in 2019. That I rode. right. Yeah. And I, I really liked it. I was like, oh, this is the kind of trail bike that I also like. I like a short travel, progressive, nicely shaped, fun trail bike and i like 29 inch wheels um so this new version i think sounds pretty good pretty much up, up, up my street and maybe up yours as well then mm. another thing i rather liked is the addition of the new now what do they call it i called it a sandwich storage uh-huh. box when we put the headline together on site but the is a new it's a glove box glove box that's what they call it the new integrated down tube storage we've seen this from quite a lot of brands now mm. one could argue probably popularized as a concept by specialized but yeah. many many brands do it now um is I love it even it. a new bike in 2023 if you don't have a box <laughs> in your down tube? I love them. I, I had one of the sort of this current round of stump jumpers launched. I, I um, really enjoyed using it. And I, mm. I stuffed a sandwich in there on a long mm. day out next to a uh, next to a jacket. If you, if you were going to stuff a sandwich mm. in a down tube. Okay, actually, I'm going to paint a picture for you, Tom. <laughs> it's a long day in the Alps. Yeah, lovely. It's not, it's late spring. There's no snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're taking your Santa Cruz tall boy mm. for a sort of a, le- a leggy day in the hills. Mm-hmm. What would be the perfect sandwich for you? Do you know what I really like? I love a bit of French baguette, a bit of brie, mm-hmm. 
and some grape. Really? Brewing grape, yeah. That's a that's a divine combo. It's good. It's good. It hits no, nothing else. Nothing. That's quite a simple sandwich. I mean, butter, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, no, that, I like a simple sandwich like that. And especially if it's in France, because everything... Everything is everything just... tastes better in France. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking French Alps, obviously. I am um, on the on the um, on the um, sandwich box, the glove box, the uh, the swap box, the down tube storage box thing. I was on a launch past couple of days, and the the brand uh, who shall remain nameless because this podcast is likely to go at six a.m. and the embargo for this is one p.m. today. So you can read all about this on the site if you're listening in the afternoon. They had um, down tube storage. Oh yeah, it uh, wasn't located. The, the the door isn't in the top. Uh, it's down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got a tool roll, which is for your pump and your, you know, your motor tool, your tire levers and stuff. And uh, the person who, a good friend of ours, was sort of demonstrating it. And and instead of being like a little compact um, storage pouch, it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the length of an umbrella. <laughs> you pull it out and sort of start imagining some bunting would come out afterwards. <laughs> it really cracked me up. Like, like pulling out bikes intestines out kind of thing. Exactly, oh, how yeah. upsetting. Uh, right, on the tall boy, as with all of the bikes we're going to talk about today, there's full details on bikeradar.com. We'll include those in the description for this podcast. Absolutely head there if you want some more info. Yeah. Now, moving on to the Santa Cruz 5010. Mm. A.K.A. the Furtado in Juliana speak. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's new, Tom. Okay, so the big news um, with the 5010 and also uh, the Nomad uh, is that we are no more going to see any 2727 bikes from Santa Cruz. 27.5 bikes. 27.5, 650B. Yeah. Um, they are all now either mullet or full 29. Um, so obviously the 5010 was a 650B bike and it's now mulleted. Uh, basically, that means you've got a 29-inch wheel at the front and a 650B wheel at the back. And there are lots of people doing this for various different reasons. The main one seems to be, and certainly in uh, if you're Santa Cruz, to be believed, you get the traction and the rollover benefits of the bigger wheel at the front, which are noticeable. And then the agility um, from the slightly smaller rear wheel. Um, and in combination, Santa Cruz say it gives stupid fun. Stupid fun. Stupid fun. It says you can hop, skip and jump over trail features on this bike. Um, our good colleague Alex Evans has got such uh, has got a 5010 up in Scotland at the moment. And I asked him what he thought of it and he said, it's interesting. All right. Oh, a little spoiler alert yeah. there for a feature review perhaps. I mean, as an outside, a relatively outside observer, I, I found... The wholesale shift, so in terms of lineage, you know, 29 wheels were very much the sort of hot new thing after 26 was sidelined. And then 650B had such a crazy, crazy moment in terms of height. We are talking like 15 odd years ago at this stage. And mullet is sort of like the natural progression here to a degree. But like, I don't know, I just feel like the the speed at which 650B was, I'm going to say, abandoned as a sort of wheel platform always strikes me as quite strange. You know, there were these benefits to it and they've either been forgotten or purposefully forgotten. I think I was chatting to someone about this the other day and we were sort of comparing, you know, like on an Enduro bike. And I, 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 the reason we were talking about it is because I, the, the launch I've just been on that you can read about in five hours' time, um, the bike is offered in 29 and as a mullet if you want it. And uh, I rode the bike in a race in both formats. And put simply, in 29er form, it's faster. It's faster, it's smoother, it rolls better, and it's a better, faster bike. 
And so in, in the world of enduro racing, everyone seems to be 29 is fastest, mm. right? But then if you look at the downhill world, a lot of people, and in fact, most people it feels, are running a mullet. Um, and so it seems that there's different demands on people in, in downhill than there is in enduro. I think it comes down to sort of the efficiency when you're pedaling uh, and covering ground over a long period of time. Whereas in downhill, perhaps there's a little bit more of that agility comes into it. But also, I think the, the bum clearance when you're going down something really steep. Now, the 5010 isn't an enduro bike nor a downhill bike. So I think going out, it's got 130 mil of travel at the back and a 140 mil fork. I think you can run a 150 if you want as well. And I think they're doing it because mullet bikes can be actually really fun to ride because the back end, it isn't as smooth. You get a bit more feedback. It skips and bumps over things and it loses traction a bit quicker. And they're sort of quite uh, an involving ride. And some people will hate that. Um, but some people will, you know, if you're not riding a bike to go as fast as you humanly possibly can on your bike actually having that little bit of instability at the rear end is quite fun mm, um, hot take i like it that's my hot take yeah yeah they reduce anti-squat uh, again uh, to give less pedal kickback um, and to improve traction uh, they've also given it um five sizes extra small to extra extra large very good <whistles> right let's do the third one final one we'll do it even quicker because i've taken Far less notes on this one. No, that was good. I enjoyed that. That was just enough detail. What's our final bike? The final bike is the new Nomad. uh, And this is their 170mm travel front and back. Sort of uh, burly trail enduro park bike kind of thing. And and it too is another another mullet. um, But they call it MX in in Santa Cruz chat. yeah, there's, again, there's not like a huge amount of change going on with this one other than sort of dropping it from 27.5 front and back. Um, it's now a mullet. Similar, similar sort of story, really. Um, they've changed the kinematics to make it a bit more supple and square edge hits. Um, uh, and they've improved geometry uh, and just little tweaks here and there. I, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I just don't. I think I think now you've heard all about the tall boy in the fifty ten. You can probably guess, like the main business, the main stories. Like, there's nothing radical going on here. There's no new suspension platform. There's no new like they haven't suddenly jumped like thirty million reach for every bike and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, they do give it um, size specific or proportional chainstay lengths, but that's kind of largely all you're getting. Um, and it's also got a glove box, and it's also uh, alloy. Uh, sorry, there's no alloy ones either. There we go. Well, I always feel like when I'm at rare occasion I'm at a trail centre, I feel like Santa Cruz is always one of the more popular brands out there. So regardless, I'm sure they will still sell oh, bucket loads of them. They will sell every single one of them, even the £9,599 top model, which isn't actually as expensive as I thought it might be. Well, I thought, they, I thought they'd be hitting five figures, but um, if my... Uh, very hastily written notes are correct. They aren't. There you go. I'm going to do a little personal pop quiz uh, for myself. Can I Can I try and remember all the Santa Cruz bikes from... Oh, yeah, go on. Does it go... Hold on, hold on. Let's get Santa Cruz's website up. I'll, I'll start. We'll, we'll put the chameleon first because this is their only hardtail. So we'll say chameleon. Yeah. And then does it go blur, tall boy, 5010, nomad, mega tower... And then V10. Where have I got it wrong? Oh, you're you missing have... a few. You're missing, I'm a, missing few. a few. Yeah, I'm sorry. Really? We'll ignore the Stigmata gravel bike and the, the Jackal Dirt Jump bike. But okay. their range is extensive. Um, so we've got the Chameleon. Yeah. Alloy only, I think, this year, this time yep. around. Uh, kind of a rad hardtail. You've got the Highball, which is their XC oh, the hardtail, hardtail, 29 inch. They've got the Blur, 
uh, with 100 or 150 mil travel if you go the Blur or the Blur TR. You've got the Tall Boy with 120 mil. You've got the 5010 mixed wheel size 130 mil. You've got the High Tower, oh. like the trail bike, 145 mil 29er. You've got the Heckler, 150 mil MX or 29 inch e-bike you've got the bronson 150 mil mixed wheel size mx you've got the mega tower 165 mil because you know you need 165 mil 29er the bullet 170 mil e-bike mixed wheel size the nomad 170 mil mx and then finally the 215 millimeter travel v10 uh, which they actually they say on their website is 27.5 MX or 29, but um, there you go. I suspect the vast majority. Quite a crowded space in the middle there. Oh, it is, isn't it? Mm. 170, 170, 165, 150, 150, 145, 130, 120, 115, 100. Wow. <laughs> there we go. Well, <laughs> They'll sell them all. They'll sell them all. <laughs> anyway, moving on from Santa Cruz, we now go on to Pivot, who in recent weeks have launched two new bikes. Tom Marvin, tell me about the two new bikes. So, back in, I think, 2017 or 2018, they launched their first e-bike, which was called the Pivot Shuttle. Um, and they still have the Shuttle, although it's got a slightly different name now. It's the Shuttle SL, the new one. Well, no, no, no. No, no. All right, all right. The Shuttle okay. AM. That's now been renamed the Shuttle AM. I see. Because they've also launched the Shuttle LT and the Shuttle SL. Uh, and if you know anything about bicycle name parlance, <laughs> you'll have already worked out what they are. Which so, is what? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Shuttle LT is a shuttle long travel. Um, unless they've called it, you know, they still called it LT, but given it their own whatever, but I'm sure they haven't. And the SL is obviously super light. Um, so the Shuttle SL um, has a 160mm of travel at the back and a 170mm fork up front. And that runs on a Shimano EP8 motor, uh, which has got quite a lot of torque. Um, and it runs with a 756 watt hour battery. That's slightly increased over the um, shuttle, whatever it actually was called again, uh, shuttle AM. Um, uh, yeah, and the they've mounted the battery in the motor in such a way that they've lowered the center of gravity of the bike, which should sort of improve stability and handling and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's kind of largely based upon the Firebird, which is their enduro bike. Um, it has a very similar profile. Um, so yeah, you get your 170 at the front and 160 at the back. Uh, and they say, we really pulled out all the stops with the Shuttle LT. This bike has the heart for enduro racing and is still the bike you'll want to ride every day. And that comes straight from Pivot founder and CEO, Chris Kokalis. There you go. All right. I'll talk about the suspension in a minute. Um, because at the other end of the scale is the Shuttle SL. So this comes with 132mm of travel at the back um, and uses a Fazua Ride 60 motor, which is one we haven't really seen much of. It's quite new, um, but looks quite intriguing. I, I, when I wrote the news story for this bike, I looked at the other sort of like low to midway e-bikes um, from the likes of Orbea, Trek, Spech. And from what I could tell, this has the best mix of battery power, torque, and overall weight. So weight-wise, it's very similar, if not a little bit lighter than some of these other like mid-weight bikes, but it gets a 60 newton meter uh, torque motor, which is much better than the Spech, um, and I think the TQ and the new Fuel EXE. But it also comes with a 430 watt hour battery, which again, compares well to those other bikes. So in terms of sort of power for your buck, it looks pretty good uh, 
on paper. Have I you reckon. used the Fazio system before? I haven't used the new Rise 60, no. I have ridden other Fazio motors in the past, but not this one. So mm. I can't really give uh, too much on that. In fact, it's like they're, it is designed specifically for these sort of like lighter weight mountain mm. bikes, whereas the, the kind of original Fazio was more, I don't think it would wish to be pigeonholed this way, but it was more sort of like gravel bikey sort of intended. Yeah, the first, I, rode the, I rode the Fazio on, on an early Lapierre e-bike, um, E-Zesty, before they did the EPA update mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago. And it was funny. The Fazio system was interesting because you could remove the battery and the motor at the same time in one unit, mm-hmm. and you could then run the bike as a uh, sort of a, a regular bike. Um, but this one is a much more um, involved system, a much more sort of integrated Punchy. system. And, yeah, so 60 newton meters. So your regular, like your your Bosch Performance CX and your EP8s and stuff come with like between 80 and 90 newton meters of torque usually. Um, so 60 for that's pretty good, especially as the other motors come with between 30 and 50 newton meters. Interesting. Um, both these bikes um, use DW Link suspension, um, which is basically a virtual pivot point system designed by Dave Weigel, hence DW. Um, and yeah. They look pretty good. I mean, obviously, you'd be surprised to hear that they're they're not cheap. Pivots aren't, generally speaking, no, the most affordable bikes in the world. They're not. Um, but it comes in bills from so an S, uh, the Pivot Shuttle SL Ride SLXXT starts at £8,500 or basically nine thousand uh, $8,300. Um, and it comes with a 150mm fork, uh, Fox Performance stuff, SLXXT, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then all the way up to the SL Team World Cup, which comes with a shorter travel fork. Um, comes with a Fox 34 140mm fork with an XTR drivetrain and Reynolds carbon wheels. And that comes in... At £12,500 or $12,000. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Curious to spec a 34mm fork on an e-bike of any kind. I think they're going for like that really lightweight package. Mm. Um, and it probably is one of the lightest weight e-bikes around, mm. I'm going to say. Um, I I personally... I mean, it's the E-tuned 34, so it'll have like the stiffer, mm-hmm. stiffer construction. But I, I would probably go for the 150 version if it was me. Um, a snitch at 12,000 for the XTR with um, <laughs> a Fox 36. <laughs> Goodness me, imagine how many uh, brie and cranberry, no, sorry, brie and grape sandwiches you buy for 12,000 pounds. There's no, oh, for, yeah, for the money. There's no sandwich box, obviously. So you couldn't put them in your bike, but you could buy an awful lot of them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Sticking with the e-bike theme, we're going to wrap things up with the new tre- tre- Trek Fuel Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, hang on, have I skipped ahead? No, we're not We're not talking e-bikes. We're it not? looks like an e-bike. Oh, sorry, I'm yeah. thinking of the one that was talking... You're thinking the EXE. I am we're thinking of the EXE. I'm EX. very sorry, I'm getting mixed up with my Trek fuels. Well, I won't stick my neb in. Sorry, <laughs> Tom, you go ahead. That's quite all right. So the new Trek Fuel EX ups travel and versatility. Uh, now, if you pop that into Google, you'll find my story because uh, I've just read my own headline. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really interesting bike. Like, so the, the, the Trek Fuel EX has always been that sort of stalwart of the, the trail bike community. It's kind of one of those bikes that's always just pretty darn good it, it maybe doesn't sing and doesn't like you know stand out as like this is the best thing in the world but it's always consistently been a really good trail bike um and this year it's been updated it's got a bit more travel um and it's got loads of adjustability which makes it actually kind of interesting it does look very similar to the fuel exe which is apologies track that's where my mistake <laughs> was in my memory yeah does look very similar in fact when i took the photos uh, of this bike someone walked past oh you've got the new fuel exe and i was like oh yeah oh it's under embargo but yes i have 
yeah. <laughs> um, which made my life a little bit easier. Um, so, uh, it's a good trail bike, 140mm at the back, 150mm at the front, and generally comes with quite a burly finishing kit, sort of signifying that maybe trail bikes and downcountry bikes are diverging a little bit now. So, it's similar to a few of the other bikes I've been riding recently, quite burly, stiff, efficient uh, trail bikes, and I actually really liked it. I really enjoyed riding it. Um, so what's interesting about this bike is just the versatility that is on offer that Trek have provided. Now, if you know Trek's full suspension bikes, you will be well aware of their Minnow Link. Um, this is a little flip chip in the uh, suspension rocker that changes the BB height and the angles by, I think, half a degree uh, in the angles, and I'm going to say five or eight millimeters in the BB height. So that's still that's still there. Fine, whatever. That's all there. Um, they're also offering interchangeable headset cups, which um, independently adjust the head angle um, by a degree and a half, I think, overall. Inter- Sorry, just on that. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while, but interchangeable headset cups mm. am i not right in saying that most trek mountain bikes recently have had sort of integrated cups mm-hmm. so the bearings have dropped straight in so is this different is this a sort of like a like a traditional integrated but separate headset yeah so the the carbon um head tube hole mm-hmm. is overlies as far as i can tell and uh, and then the different headset cups obviously have an, uh, an off center yeah. um thing and so it uh, yeah, you get slack. Uh, so it's sort of like a, a proprietary headset cup sits inside the overlized yeah. head tube. Interesting. Um, so you, well, there's a couple of cups. There's a neutral cup, but which you can get, but also uh, one which twists around between slack mm. and not not slack. Um, good so, and not good. Not and good. Good and not good. Yeah. <laughs> so combine that with your minnow link, and you've basically got six different effective geometries. Um, and then you can also run it mullet uh, because 2023. Um, <laughs> so you've effectively got 12 different shaped spikes. So that in itself sounds quite confusing. And, and trust me, the geometry chart for this bike when it came through in the spreadsheet was... It was quite a challenging oh one to dear. digest. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, but basically, just run it in the slowest, slackest setting and it'll be better. I This is something I was going to ask, and I, I mean this is no shade to Trek, but like, does anybody actually play with these settings i just feel like if so back in the day mm. i had an amaran attack trail very cool bike 2004 loved it with that quad link lovely mm. one thing it had though was the uh bottom of the rear shock attached to the uh rear triangle mm-hmm. with a quick release of yes. all things a yes it's like three position you thing. can slide it up and down <laughs> and i put it in the lowest one, and I never touched it the, the whole time I was there. And I was a mega nerd back then. I wasn't even remotely compelled to change it. Do you think people actually are changing this stuff regularly? No. I, I just can't see it. I can't see why you would. Um, there will be differences in like the geometry. And, you know, there will be times when a slightly higher, steeper geometry might work better. But I just think that if you're anything like me, you like riding down a hill... And there's very the, the only time I've ever played with a jump chip and put it into a steeper setting was famously the 2018 I think specialized stumpy Evo that was so low you literally could not pedal off road. That was a very very low bike. Bonkers. I remember riding that. Yeah, it was. It was in fact it was the 2018 one. It was the S2 long mm. silver polish that looked mm. wicked. But you are completely right. It was ludicrously low and I always remember if your pedals were even slightly off of level coming through a rock garden mm. pure smashies yeah 
Yeah. That was the only one I've ever run in a high setting. Every other time, get a bike. I mean, for 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 thoroughness, of course, I try them on in all the geometry settings <laughs> every single time. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but generally speaking, now probably not. So you've got all your different adjustments in the geometry. And the other thing that Trek offer is a, and I'm going to try and get the, the correct term for this because it's important. So I'm just, ah, yes, here we are. It's called a progression chip. So much like a minnow link, you know, shifts the pivot forward and backwards effectively, the progression chip shifts the position, the lower sort of uh, bolt of the shock forward and backwards in the frame, which gives a more linear or more progressive suspension kinematic to the bike. Trek say that you can run the bike um, with a coil or an air shock. So it comes with an air shock, and air shocks generally well, do have more progressive strokes. So you generally want to run this one in the more linear setting. But if you want to run a coil shock, which has a more linear stroke, you could run it into that more progressive um, way to sort of give that ramp up towards the end of the travel so you're not constantly clanging off your bump stops. You can run the air shock, obviously, in the more progressive one if you want a super progressive bike. Um, but that's kind of why it's there. So six different geometries, two different wheel size options, and two different suspension options make this one of the most adjustable and potentially confusing trail bikes <laughs> on the market. Um, I've ridden it a couple of times. It's bloody good. Yeah? Yeah. You really like it? I do, I do. It's gone on to my, um, we're coming around to the time of year where we start thinking about long-term bikes for next year, um, and it's on my shortlist. Interesting. Mm. Um, just on the question of shocks, is this one, I, I suspect you won't know the answer, but will it be available as a frame set to buy? Uh, I believe it is, actually. Mm. Um, I'm just checking my own story. I wonder if that's perhaps why they're building in so much adjustability, because for the, f the fiddlers out there who want to yeah. build up their own bikes, I mean, quite an appealing proposition yeah, if you totally. do want to to faff about. Mm. I think it'd be great, great back to build up. I mean, they're doing it in alloy and carbon as well, which is nice to see. Um, I don't have pricing because I didn't add it to the story. Um, but Cheeky it's, boy. <laughs> it's they're, they're fairly good value. And yeah, you can get it frame set only, either alloy or carbon. Um, obviously, it's got down tube. Um, of course it does. Uh, thing because it's 2023. And Trek's pretty good for them, I have to say. Yeah. I, they've got it on their checkpoint gravel bike as well, which mm -hmm. I reviewed earlier this oh, year. Okay. And their interpretation of it's pretty good, yeah. I reckon. Mm. So, yeah, um, all in all, it's just going to be another. Well, it's another solid Trek Fuel X. It's just another stalwart, classic, great performing trail bike. Well, I look forward to reading your review of that and all these other bikes, Tom Marvin. Uh, I'm sure you'll be very, very busy over the next few months uh -huh. with a uh, slew of new bikes to play on. What does the uh, rest of this week hold for you, Tom? Well, the rest of this week holds for me writing up uh, first ride and news stories on this new bike that you'll be able to read later on today, Friday afternoon from 1pm on bikeradar.com from a very large... Hope that embargo doesn't change. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't. <laughs> and some MBUK bits and pieces because I'm off for the next two weeks. I've got a week's holiday next Lovely, week. Lovely, well deserved. Uh, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, and then I'm going to Spain for a week uh, for a launch of another bike. Sounds great. Yeah. Working on any fun group tests? Oh, and as soon as I get back from Spain, I'm going to be jumping straight into uh, 2023 disc brake tests. So I think 10 or 11 pairs of brakes spanning XC all the way through to downhill. Well, let's put a stop to this podcast oh. right now and call it a day. Thank you very much, Tom. If you do have any questions about any of those bikes, any feedback on the podcast, or you just want to say hi, Send an email through to podcast at bikeradar.com. <laughs> we do pay close attention to that. We'd love to hear your ideas. And uh, yeah, let us know. Thanks again for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. Do give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts if you think we deserve it. 
And again, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 